Welcome to Cleveland Moto, a vintage motorcycle podcast by people who wrench and ride. We'll be bringing you Vin Moto Chat each week, so sit back, relax, and crack a beer. Or play us over the speakers in your shop while working on your latest project. Cleveland Moto, here's your host, Phil Waters. Welcome to another fun-filled and value-minded hour of Cleveland Moto Podcast. Tonight we've got Dustin Elliott, we've got Penny Sicotti, and Phil Waters, and the occasional guest of Andrea coming in to take out the trash. Hi, Andrea. <laughs> Hi. If How she knows doing? what's good for her. <laughs> the, uh, the interesting thing about this podcast, and it's not going to matter to anyone, is that tomorrow is St. Patty's Day, which means when you guys hear this, you'll be nursing a three or four day old hangover. <laughs> And you'll be apologizing to all your friends for all the crappy things you did because St. Patty's Day happened to fall on a Saturday this year and all the amateurs, I'm sure, will be out in force. Uh, oh, my God. I'm I'll, not doing anything. Nope. I'm not doing anything. I'm going to be working at the new shop. Mm-hmm. I'll be getting everything ready. Um, I'm sure these guys will be overstressed working at the uh, the West Side store. I'm actually hoping everybody goes out and decides to drink their faces off. Yeah. And then maybe comes in. And then maybe comes in. Well, that, <laughs> that might be actually, crazy. you are going to get some people that come in after the parade. The parade kicks off at 104. And so figure 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock when people are getting that last Fantastic. that last burn in when they're leaving downtown, heading for more western areas. I think you're going to get a real group of people that come in about 5 o'clock that are just going to be precious. Um, oh, thanks. And you know that our parking lot. <laughs> Precious. Yeah, because we share Is the parking lot. Is that the word lot. we're going to use? Yeah, they're, oh, they're lovely. Oh, my God. That's right. You have the three bars around we the corner. Oh, wait, trifecta no, more bars. Well, well, at least. I mean, we, if we even talk about just the Harry Buffalo. Around the, the corner. End, the West End. And around the corner. And the Richland. And the Richland, of and course. And what's that place on the corner opposite? The, around. Opposite around the corner? That's the Richland and the West End. So those two are right over there. Well, I'm sure that uh, Blackbird Baking Company is probably rocking on St. Patrick's Day. Have uh, anything yeah. to worry about with those cats? But the uh, but it is. It's going to be uh, St. Patty's Day, and I'm sure that we're going to talk about everything in past tense now. Wasn't it a great, great St. Patty's Day? I'm so glad they touched my shillelagh. Yes, and it's it's one of those events where I have done this parade for I think 10 years, maybe more, where I've led the group of scooters in the ride. Are you doing that tomorrow? No, I'm not. I handed that all off because I'm Get too busy out. with the shop. Uh, I've handed that off to Roy. And so Roy is going to be officially responsible for getting the group, the Pride of Cleveland scooter group, fired up in the parade and getting them through the thing. Now, anybody who's ever followed Roy knows that Roy drives aggressively. Mach 10. Mach 10 on a scooter. He pushes it to 11 anytime he rides. And it's going to be really interesting to see how he does that in the confines of the... Uh, That's going to be parade. amazing. Well, it's also going to be... I hope they do a great job. I'm really looking forward to them to have a good time. I really feel a little out of it, because normally I take the sidecar rig, and we do sidecar shenanigans, and pull the roller derby girls around, and all that kind of stuff. So you've made, that, you've made the news for years in a row doing that. Yeah, I'm hoping that they don't cancel the parade because I'm not there, but... <laughs> uh, We'll see what happens. It could happen. It could happen. They might say, you know what? They're just going to reroute it to Menor. They said it's supposed to be the biggest St. Paddy's Day ever. I think they they said they've been doing the parade for 154 years in Cleveland. And they said this is scheduled to be the biggest one because they've got the weather, and it's on a Saturday. Wow. So the weather and being on a Saturday, so there's going to be an astronomical number of people downtown, which is exactly where I don't want to be. Amen. Uh, I will be as far from that as humanly possible. So... 
Absolutely. Yeah, I, I worked down there, and for the past five years, uh, four years, actually, right. actually, because we skipped a year, yeah. the, the leap year, uh, on St. Patrick's Day, it's been a, a nightmare oh, to, to work down there. Because yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the office I work in, the studio where I work, is in the middle of 1,800 bars. Oh, yeah. On the ground level. So I go down to, you know, civilian area, and right. it's just drunk-ass people from, seriously, like 9, 10 o'clock on. It's oh. really like that downtown Cleveland. It's either offices, and they close at a certain time, right. and mm-hmm. then bars. And the bars What are else do you need? Open. Offices and bars. They're, that's all you need. I suppose. That's well, all the city needs to run. The people in the offices need the bars to go bitch right. about work and sure. drink. <laughs> exactly. After work, <laughs> the people in the bars need the offices to make money to go. Exactly. Back. Income. Yeah. It's her. That's why there's no nightlife past like you know nine ten o'clock oh, when yes. you know everyone's drunk and gone. And that's why you get so many DUIs happening. Like I can't believe when I'm coming home from the shop after working a legitimate day, eight, you know, eight o'clock, eight thirty. And I'm coming down Lake Road, and I know it's eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. And the person in front of me is obviously shit hammered. And I'm like, how the hell could they be shit hammered at nine o'clock on a Thursday? I'm like, well, when you start at four thirty, five o'clock, makes perfect sense to be shit hammered by nine o'clock on a Thursday. But it's that's that downtown drinking mentality. It's like, oh, let's let's leave the shop immediately after work and have a beverage. Yeah. So speaking of which, Dustin, would you like the yep. light one for us? I would. We haven't done this yet. Yep. There we and go. And they're off. Yep. I actually Yo. almost grabbed the bottles, and then I was like, wait a minute. No, the can doesn't quite have the same yeah. effect. Yeah, I'm drinking a uh, Sierra Nevada Ruthless Rye that Dustin provided for us. It's Fantastic delicious. beer. And uh, Ruthless Rye IPA is brewed with the rustic grain for refined flavors, combining the peppery spice of rye and the bright citrusy flavors of whole cone hops to create a complex ale for the tumultuous transition to spring. Do we? Tumultuous transition to spring is pretty excellent. I can't believe I got through that without my reading glasses. Oh, the reading. Uh, did we like get an endorsement or something? No, them? I didn't. But we were just saying we earlier that, that this we would beer, accept that. Yeah, this beer smells a lot like weed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the most weedy smelling beer I've drank in a long time. And in fact, I was wondering earlier. I was like, maybe Dustin's been keeping his weed in the fridge or something. But no, this is very weedy. I wouldn't know. Um, you know. uh, apparently, none of these little angels knew what weed smelled like. So, <laughs> well, I do. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, speaking of the St. Patrick's Day and yeah. safety and and uh, riding motorcycles. Oh, were we doing and, a motorcycle podcast? Though? Well, yeah, we were oh, doing. We're off, we started. We're and off then, of beards. Yeah. And oh, that's we're, yeah, we're off of right, beards, and we started talking about drinking in St. Patrick's yes. Day. But to to tie that into yes. motorcycles. As I previously stated, I do work in downtown Cleveland. Yeah. And last St. Patrick's Day, now I've been trying to get off every St. Patrick's Day for the yeah. past four or five years, like I said, <laughs> to ride in the parade. To with ride you. in the parade, yes. And I have never been able to do it. There was always something that came up like, ride oh my God, you got to be at work. And um, on St. Patrick's Day last year, it was gorgeous out. It oh, was it was beautiful. It was, it yeah. was all. We've had a run. It was amazing. March, St. Patrick's Day. There was yeah. there was snow. There was everything, like and then St. Patrick's Day is like seventy degrees, yeah. and it was a beautiful day to just break out the bike and ride to work oh, yeah. unseasonably early for Cleveland. And uh, I was like, no, it's St. Patrick's Day. There's no right. way nah, in hell yeah, I'm doing right. that, just because at five thirty when I leave work, the amount of drunk people on the road is amazing. Oh, it's and it's I would insane. rather have a whole car yeah. around me. Yeah, take the cage. Safety wise, oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I that is one of those things that I am most well. I I will say I've graduated. I used to fear 
nothing more than a drunk driver. Because in my car, my truck, I've got a chance. I've got a fighting chance. On the bike, I'm mostly something they don't mm-hmm. remember hitting. Mm-hmm. But my new thing and my new fear is the texting. Okay? Oh, big time. And I only know that it's a problem. And I only, you know, you feel like a geezer when you start saying, well, you know, these kids and their damn phones. But the texting has gotten scary because I've nearly hit four or five people. While I was texting, mm-hmm. and so if I'm. I was going to say this coming from a guy that I have video of oh. texting, smoking a cigarette, and driving while we were on Babe Rally last year or this two man, years ago. This man can navigate Facebook at 95 miles an hour through mm-hmm. the Rockies, like no and post. Yeah, I can buy bikes on. I can buy bikes at 85, bikes. 90 miles That's an hour, true. no problem. I've witnessed I think, so. I think this. The, I think the rumble strips on the side of the of the road yeah, were. This is the noise the phone makes. Yep, that's I exactly. That was, that was the thing. I was like, when the phone went, when the whole truck went, I was like, that's just a device put there to help me know when I need to turn when I'm using my phone. So I really do think that that's the deal because I am a 42-year-old skilled driver and been driving everything my whole life. But I noticed that I'm, I've minimized the importance of driving my truck so much that I'm spending way too much time looking at the screen in my thumb-powered device and not enough time looking at the road around me. And I catch myself doing it. Now, if I catch myself doing it... And you're a skilled driver, which... You know what? I'm even willing to throw that out the window. I'm willing to say, if I'm a shit driver... I know how much time I'm spending looking at the screen instead of looking at the road, and well, I'm think about the around. absolute shit drivers oh, yeah. that are doing that. Oh. The, the 16, 17-year-old, like, I've had my driver's license, it's still wet from coming yeah. out of the, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, laminator. <laughs> the laminator. Oh. It's and still my, hot. It's still hot. You said hot and wet. <laughs> wow. And 16. And 16. Yeah. Oh, 16 hot and wet. Dustin. Dustin, damn. I'm glad Look we have an explicit like raising. <laughs> Just <now>. instantly. <laughs> time traveler, you. But I realized today, when I nearly hit somebody, uh, you know, I'm driving a truck. I've got a trailer on. I've got a 750-pound tire machine in the back of my truck. I've got easily a 400, 500-pound tire balancer in the back of my truck. So my truck is at capacity. And James and I are driving, and I look down, and I realize we were both texting slash web browsing slash whatever, hostile empire takeover. But neither one of us was watching the road, me or my co-driver. <laughs> and when I looked up to realize, and I had that stunning moment of clarity, that I can't stop in a normal distance. And why I noticed this was a guy on a Jesse James tribute Harley pulled next to me. They know the no helmet, the whole deal. Spectacular. And and he couldn't see because he was squinting because he didn't have a helmet or goggles. No, he had these impossibly skinny glasses on that looked way cool. But you could tell he couldn't see shit. Wow. <laughs> these these that, sunglasses that's, were that's so That's legal tiny. in the state of Ohio. That's yeah, amazing. I mean, it's totally legal. He had his DOT do-rag on, and he was on. He was on fire, and he looked he looked stunning. And I looked over, and I realized that here's this guy next to me, and loud pipes were at least getting my attention at this moment. And I looked around to see, okay, well, what are other people doing in other cages of death? And I looked, and like... I said to James, take a look at how many other people are doing something other than driving while they're driving. (laughs) And everybody around us in rush hour traffic, everyone around us was doing something other than driving while driving. And that's actually my new favorite thing. That's my new thing to be scared of. If you want something to be scared of, that's it. So it's literally people 
driver and attention, for lack of a better phrase. It, it's another thing I look yeah. for while I'm riding mm-hmm. a motorcycle is I, you know, I'm constantly paying attention to the traffic patterns. Sure. I'm paying attention who's pulling out from where. Yeah. I'm at least looking four or five cars ahead of me right. for brake lights. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, to me, it's just this constant mathematical equation yeah. going on in my head of, like, you know, don't kill me. Please, yeah. <laughs> and the new thing I've been looking at is how many cell phone screens I see yeah, the glow. dip up, yeah. you know, over, the, over the back of the, the seat. Face. Yeah. Over the person coming at well, you. Well, in the nighttime, yeah. Yeah, you can definitely see that. Yeah. But in the daytime, which, I, I mean, I do a lot of my riding in rush hour. Mm-hmm. So it, it's I have to be extra vigilant because all these people are like checking their work email on their way to work. Oh God! Or or they're they're texting and and bitching to their spouse on the way home from work. About people that are terrible drivers. Uh, no, usually attention. about work. You know. <laughs> so it's it, I'm always looking for cell phone screens. Yeah. And I've knocked on people's windows before. Oh sure. At, at a stoplight, yeah, you know, they're they're. I saw them on their phone while they were driving, and then they're sitting. They're still on their phone at the stop sign, at the stoplight, and I'll I'll knock on their window and just point to their phone and and give them the what really, yeah. you know that. Of course, you can't you can't mouth too much with a full face helmet on. They're not going <laughs> to see your mouth, so it's all hand gestures. I prefer menacing, glazing stares. You know, just like, I, just glare at them. And that's, like, I do that, that a lot too. In fact, you just flip up your your visor or mm-hmm. your. Your modular and just give them the glare. Just give them the glare. I, a lot of, the finger comes out a lot. Or the, the finger, or the, no. <laughs> the digital glare. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Finger. I just saw one the other. One. I want to punch you so bad, my fist just got a boner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that one. Oh. That's the best description of a flipping somebody the bird I've ever seen. So the, let me, as someone yeah. that's never taken the motorcycle safety course, and yes. to, and to someone who has taught it. Yes. When you are talking to people about seeing seeing people before they see you, yeah, it's called situational awareness. Do uh, w- what is your how, well, what's your speech on that? There's a you're gonna hear all the time when you talk to people about riding and riders training. There's a an acronym. You know, anything in life that's worth doing deserves an acronym, and it's called scan, evaluate, and execute. C S E E, and that just means that when you're doing anything on the road on two wheels. And that's one of the things is, I, whereas I am this horribly remiss truck driver, I am an incred- incredibly hyper-vigilant motorcycle rider because I put that level of trust in my cage that I don't put the level of trust in anybody else around me when I'm on my bike. So when I'm you know, going down the road on my motorcycle, I'm constantly scanning. So you're scanning for a couple of different things. The first thing you're scanning is for things that JDLR just don't look right. So if you see the things that just don't look right, if you see somebody's like in your lane with the headlights pointed at you or somebody that's like negotiating a 27 point turn don't just think about that person is screwing things up for you think about the 15 other people around that are going to react to that person doing something stupid and where are they going to go good point so pick your exit line based on the last thing that i always tell people which is always prepare yourself by saying what is the worst thing the person that blue hyundai can do right now and if you are prepared for the worst thing that the person in the blue Hyundai can do right now, you'll never get hit. Um, this game of constantly what ifing and saying, always prepare for the worst. So if you prepare for the worst, believe it or not, you will be choosing exit lines a thousand times a minute in your brain as you're riding your motorcycles. I choose exit lines when there's nobody else on the road. Sure. Why not? 
you know. Well, because right. around, here, around here we have a lot deer. of deer. I was yeah, gonna exactly. say, what do you do about the deer? You know, it's so totally I. What do you do about the deer? <laughs> you stab them hard. You you literally use 100% of your braking energy to try to minimize the distance between you and the deer, or more importantly, to minimize your velocity at point of impact. Because if you hit a deer going five, yes. that's not a big deal. You hit a deer going 35, that's a big deal. Well, it's like the stories I gave yeah. last week. Last week, exactly. About, about the deer hitters. Right. The deers are just one you of know. those. The deer are one of those things that you just deal with. They're just there, and they're random. And it's funny. I I consider deer in Avon Lake where we live. Deer are like our IEDs. Okay. Right. It's true. You don't see them coming. <laughs> <laughs> they totally are out to get you. And they're delicious. <laughs> well, <laughs> and the IEDs taste so good. But it's like when, somebody... When cooked properly. Right. <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is that an improvised explosive device, which is a terrorist tactic at depriving an enemy safe passage, is a lot like a deer because you can't plan for it. You just fucking can't plan for it. Nope. And unless you have a minesweeper go ahead and clear all the deer off your intended path of travel... That would be a sniper. I don't care how many deer whistles or elephant whistles or cougar whistles you put on your motorcycle, you're not going to have a perfectly safe passage. There will be the occasional Bambi because there's a lot of them. And what's interesting is I think we're getting smarter deer, though, because I see deer now that pause at the edge of the street <laughs> mm-hmm. and wait for me to go past, and then yep, they cross. They are smarter. So deer have learned to cross, which is better than I can say for most kids in the inner city. So whereas the deer are getting smarter, the little kids in the inner city are not getting smarter, and they're literally running out in front of me all day long. You know, I don't know if they think it's cool to run out in front of a motorcycle, but, you know... It may be the new game. I'm not sure. I think, oh, that thing's small. I don't, I don't know how many times I've been going down the street where pedestrians would, oh, it's a motorcycle. And it's a motorcycle. They'll, they'll walk in I'm front of me. actually quite confused, and maybe one of our podcast listeners can help illustrate this to me. Somebody <coughs> out there who is a, a trained psychologist, let me know why this happens, because I'm going to give you my particular thought on it. Okay, you nailed it. Motorcycle. People will step out in front of you because they think it's small. It's small. It's yeah. small. So they'll step out in front of you on a motorcycle. It's small. He doesn't want to hit me. I'm driving a Toyota Tundra with a ridiculously large trailer on the back of it. Okay? My stopping distance is like 9,000 feet. Okay? And yet people will choose me as the person to pull out in front of. Right? They'll 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 take the last minute chance to pull out in front of me. Realizing that that wouldn't have been a good move if I didn't have a trailer on. Mm -hmm. But when I've got a trailer with 12 motorcycles in it... And that's when you take your option to, you know, pedal your Hyundai out into the intersection or walk across the street. Could you not have waited precisely three seconds for me to pass and then get in line behind me? You know, God forbid you should be behind me because I'm probably only 15 over the limit anyway. Right. I I think those those fucking hasty bastards like that to see truck trailer right. he's going to go slow i need to see get now out i know you him. i know you're not going to go slow oh i'm not going to be slow and that's what's going to make the point of impact so much more spectacular when you pull out in front of me right they you're don't know. get the full girth whatever the gross vehicle weight rating of my truck is i'm usually there i mean that's that's your your gross vehicle weight rating who is, even knows uh, but you think about the trailers i pull you're you're that that truck uh, curb weight on that truck is 30 3800 3800 pounds. Yeah. I, that, I, that's I the have, curb rate. That, I that have no that's idea. that's without the trailer or anything. I have no idea. All I know is It's kind of Savanti that you can nah, just yeah, like, All I know it's is a little under it's a little under 4000 pounds. It feels like a lot more than that, but I've never tried to pick it up, so it really doesn't matter. I think it's probably the same mentality as people that ride with flip-flops and that's true. T-shirts. I mean, they, they think that they, they've they've associated 
two wheels with a childhood bicycle. Oh, okay. They don't, yeah. they don't right. graduate it to speed, yeah. weight, stopping. They don't think about it the same way. I don't think. I mean, that's that's my theory on it. We had a potential, no, I agree with you. We had a potential new hire come into the shop today. And uh, he's under 21 years old. And so he rolls into the shop on a ZX6R. Really? This, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm telling you. And this bike was perfectly clean. His mom and dad bought him a, v, a ZX6R? I don't know if his mom and dad bought him one or if he bought it for himself or or, or, or what the deal is. But uh, the bike is just perfect. And he's, a, he's an MMI graduate. So he's had the bike down in Florida, which is interesting because he had the bike registered in Florida. He probably mm-hmm. bought it down there. So whatever the case might be, him and my graduate. So he's got about thirty grand in school loans right about now. About twenty grand in school loans minimum yeah. right now. Uh, minimum, right? Yeah, and maybe he got the bike as part of his school loans. But the uh, right, but and, it was and, pretty interesting. And he, if you have any bikes in that he can actually plug a computer into and diagnose, then he's going to be a good guy for I, you. Well, I was really happy because the Moto Guzzi's and the Royal Enfields and all the Aprilias and the Piaggios are all computer bikes now. So having somebody who's really familiar with uh, you know, digital programming. <coughs> Somebody who's really familiar with electronic fuel injection systems mm-hmm. is going to help us. It's cool. going to be a good thing at the shop. So it's nice to have a young kid around. Um, it gives something for the ladies to look at too. This is kind of yeah. statuesque. The uh, <laughs> anywho, but he's uh, he rode up from Salem, and Salem is an hour and a half away. And I said, it was a beautiful day out today. A oh, gorgeous day out today. And I said, that's that's really cool. I'm impressed that you rode all the way up from Salem to come to our shop. And we don't call too many people on the resumes that we get. You know, you've got to have something going for you. And this kid showed up. And I was really, really impressed that he rode up here from Salem. And I forgot what it was like to be 21 years old. Because when you're 21 years old, you will drive places. You will ride your bike. Ridiculous. He was, to him, riding an hour and a half on his ZX6R to come up and see us. Sorry, I'm almost 40 and I'll do it. No big deal. <laughs> hour and a half? Come on. Whatever. I'll do an hour and a half. No problem. Right. I don't care. I'm just going to go. Just go. And But then I thought, like, doing that every day, commuting back and forth to work, mm-hmm. from Salem to Cleveland, to Salem to Lakewood, that's that's a tall, that's a pretty tall order. So I was really impressed that the kid rode up today. It was nice. And good personality. And like, a real nice kid. So, yeah. Once our private detective gets done with him, we'll see what he says. The, uh, yeah, right. But, yeah, it's really uh, that idea of riding the longer distances, that idea of going out and having a, just a great hour-and-a-half ride. I kind of get buried sometimes because I forget what it's like to take that total recreational just that recreational ride because so much of it is just going to be, okay, commute to work, go here, go there, go here, go there. And I'm actually starting to look forward to the idea of riding from my house all to the mentor. way to Mentor, right, to yeah. go to Lakewood, do a little quick stop off there, make sure everything's taken care of there, and then ride to Mentor. Go ahead and enjoy myself, you know, and maybe leave for work a couple hours early so I can take it easy. Yeah, so much my writing is done on the commute as well. Yeah, and uh, you know sometimes I hate it. I got yeah, I got to admit sometimes it's 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 awful if if traffic is backed up. Mm -hmm. It's not a fun ride. Yeah, because I'm on a 40 year old motorcycle and I'm start stop start stop start stop. You know it doesn't like that. It likes Mm -hmm. to just go. No bike really loves the like. True. No, just torture my clutch. Just go ahead and make it. Yeah. And you know please. what? I'm an air-cooled motor. Why don't you just mm-hmm. r- deprive yeah, me please, of all please, air moving yeah, on me whatsoever? Please completely. sit in traffic Let in 90-degree weather oh, in the summertime. God. And, 
I did that on that uh, 750 last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Our, our, our bike build off bike. bike. Build off bike. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm. <laughs> I decided I was going to ride that to work one day. That was a travesty. <laughs> I got stuck in traffic on that, and and that's when I realized that the thing was like uber low on oil. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, it was after the the whole mods and rockers, right. and I'm like, we never checked the oil in this thing. No, we checked the oil. Actually, we did because we changed the oil tank. Remember, the one oil tank had a hole in it. Mm. So we put the new oil tank on that didn't have a hole in it. We topped it off, off. but we never checked it after running the bike. Well, I wasn't the one riding it. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So so after Mods and Rockers, I'm riding... I only check the oil and bikes I ride. (laughs) I'm riding it to work. Fortunately... scooter shop owner. (laughs) Fortunately, it was in the first, like, 12 miles... I'm like, holy shit, you know, I didn't even think of this. Yeah. So I pull into a, a gas station. I'm like, well, they'll have oil. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I checked it, and yeah, sure, shit, it's low on the stick. Yeah. So I topped it off. and It's it a was... Honda, but a Honda being low on the stick is like any other bike being out of oil. Mm-hmm. Because a Honda being low on the stick, it's not even a suggestion that you might think about buying oil. You know, a Honda, for some reason, these motorcycles were built very forgivingly. And that bike has a separate oil bank. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, so... Realistically, even when you're low on the stick, there's still two quarts of oil running around in there. <laughs> so. The only thing that concerned me was because it was over 90 degrees already mm-hmm. at, at 8 o'clock Absolutely. in the morning. Yeah. So I wanted to check that. And then, of course, after that, you know, I, I checked the oil. I topped it off. It was it was a half quart low, so oh, which yeah. wasn't bad because that, that takes two and a half quarts, I believe. Yeah, I wouldn't even yell at people for that. And... uh so I realized I'm like something's wrong with the traffic here, right. and uh, the guy at the station's like, "Yeah, there's an accident up there." I'm like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna have to get to the highway then." Yeah. So I shot up to the highway on the bike. Yeah. Still more traffic, and it was a really funny contest went on that day. I'm on that just shitty CB750 <laughs> with Clubmans <laughs> and just flat black awful. I would like to say it was shitty. I would like to say it was. An economy CB750. <laughs> it was just awful. The four into one with no baffle whatsoever. No. Just it, a leaf blower. T- it had the leaf blower turnout on it. It was loud as hell. And so we're getting into traffic on 90. Yeah. And there's a guy on a beautiful BMW in all of his ADV rider gear. Oh, sure. In 90 plus degree. Yeah, all the gear, all the time. Every yeah. piece of gear and, and yeah. all the tour packs oh, on sure. his bike to, dri- yeah. to, to ride to work. To ride to work. Yeah. You know, because you got you might have to take some shit home. You know, I'm you sure never, he had a stuffed orangutan you know, in the back yeah, of an American flag. True. Yeah, I mean, he, he could have gotten fired and had to clean out his desk. And thank God he had his, you know, tour packs. Right. And then there was a kid on a sport bike. Yeah. And we're all just kind of edging in traffic. Right. And... I'm thinking. I'm like. I'm gonna start splitting lanes. Yeah, you gotta filter. I'm, I'm gonna do this. Yeah. What's the Ohio law on lanes? You're not allowed to. It's not. We're not allowed to. But I was like, no, I'm gonna do this. My my philosophy though is the cat can't get to you, <clears throat> can't ride you. Right. Yeah. So finally, the sport bike kid gets the jump on me, and he boom splits the lane right Good. next to me, well, and I'm yeah. like, fuck it, I'm in. So I follow him, and then the guy on the BMW is oh, like, really? Yeah, the guy on the BMW is like, oh no, you didn't. Wow. So he jumps in and he follows us. I had to fold the armrest in on the Barker lounger. Right. So all three of us <laughs> split it. the lane. Now we're getting the people that don't live in Cleveland here, which is probably most of the people that listen to this podcast, don't realize that there's a little okie doke you can do on I 90 near West 41st, the West 41st and 44th ramp. Oh, you can get off the, get yeah. off the freeway. You get off the pass ramp. Pass a thousand cars and get back yeah. on the freeway again. And you, yeah, you you stab it yeah, you can on stab the off ramp yeah. and then Basically, you get back on. Basically, you're picking up three quarters of a mile of off ramp 
mm-hmm. as opposed to three quarters of a mile of stagnant cars. Yeah, well, yeah. sport bike guy and uh, and BMW guy didn't know that yeah. one, <laughs> but I did. So we're splitting lanes, and I cut off right. at forty four. If you catch this right too, you can pick up West Twenty Fifth Street and then. Back alley side. I wasn't catching that. it that right because oh, a few yeah. a few cages got it too. Yeah. So I had to split lanes on the side yeah, on, yeah. on the uh, off ramp. Yeah. So I got in ahead of them, and it, it became by the, when they saw me dip back in oh, yeah. at forty fourth. Yeah, it was a race. You were way ahead of them at that point. <laughs> well, no, they saw that as a race, so we yeah. all just caned it, and I, I won the race to downtown <laughs> on that shit hole seven fifty, <laughs> which just proves that was the fastest bike to downtown that day. That day it was. Against a bike and a fully fucking operational BMW touring machine. Yeah. Uh, had we had open tarmac? Uh, no. No, we did not. Well, that wasn't the race at hand. That's true. Right. It was more of a rally. No, it, I'm just saying <laughs> you race the race you're racing, not the race you could possibly have. That motorcycle was the perfect machine for the day. The it B- won the day. <laughs> the BMW caught me on the off-ramp downtown, and he, he did give me yeah. a honk of the horn yeah. and, and, and like yeah, a, legitimate. A, a fist up, <laughs> like, hell yeah, you got me. He, he was a sport about it. The yeah. sport bike kid probably would have been mad, but... And that was that was a good wow. time. I had a, I had a good time that day. I was yeah. I was like forty five minutes. Pulled, you would have saved a lot more gas. That's true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just kidding. Tri- triple gay up. Yeah. Oh, Camaro, 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 Camaro. The uh, we get uh, we get all these various different emails, and now we're getting Facebook post things about the podcast and stuff, which is always a hoot. And uh, I guess one of our friends in the scooter community uh, sent us a message that just said. He's just looking for the time. Like, what would it cost him to get James A. Garfield and a stripper and a hat and you know, just like I didn't realize. From I didn't last realize week's how podcast. sideways last week's podcast went. <laughs> yeah, the the first twenty minutes was uh, talking about beards and. Can we blame that Garfield. on Joe? Please, we have to. Blame we that can. On Joe. He's we'll blame that on Joe because he's Thank not you. here. Yeah, but I started I'm, to think that right. I brought in some bad juju. Oh, to all no, of you no. that suffered last week's podcast, I'm terribly sorry. I haven't listened to it yet, nor do I think I ever will. But the. Uh, but I guess it was a little, little weird. So no, nah, yeah. it's nah. fine. <laughs> oh are, are these anything but weird? No, ever? I think it's okay. Come on. The uh, interesting thing, uh, you know that last weekend, I went on a little trip to Fort Lauderdale. Yes. And while I was on this little trip to Fort Lauderdale, oh wait, be careful! Actual motorcycle and scooter content approacheth. The uh, while I was on this trip to Fort Lauderdale, uh, the the fine folks at Piaggio Group America. And Piaggio Group America covers a lot more than just Piaggio scooters. What that means is that means Vespa, uh, that means Aprilia, and that means Moto Guzzi. And that's yeah. Piaggio Group. Uh, that's the Piaggio Group. And this year they're putting a lot of energy into their motorcycles because Piaggio represents a full 27% of the market share of scooters, but they represent less than one half of 1% of the market share of motorcycles. Which means they aren't selling enough Aprilias and they're not selling enough Moto Guzzis compared to all the other motorcycles out there. Big surprise, actually. I couldn't even find a dealership to buy an Aprilia. No, exactly. Right. This is one of the things. And one of the dealerships, if I wanted one. Right. <laughs> one of the dealerships that I recently you know, bought out, got all their stuff, they were an Aprilia motorcycle dealership. They had Yamaha and Aprilia. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want my dealership to be an Aprilia dealership. I respect the hell out of their motorcycles and their mm-hmm. their technology is brilliant i've ridden them and they're they're just amazing however i don't want to be the guy wrenching on those you know there's too much technology there for my comfort level so i don't 
I guess I'm not surprised that the average consumer feels like there's too much there for their comfort level, and maybe the price is a little high too when it comes to Aprilia motorcycles. But the one most interesting thing that they announced from their dealer meeting, they always give us some kind of candy or vaporware that we're not going <coughs> to see. And usually I have to take a look at the four or five things they show me. And of the four or five things they show me, I have to decide which one of the four is real because the other two or three probably aren't. So you usually will grab something and go, okay, that one we can immediately dismiss. So from this dealer meeting, the thing that we could immediately dismiss was the Vespa 946. And the Vespa 946 is a tribute. Oh, I got to this is. Holy crap. An homage, if you will, to the original style Vespas. Was this the thing that you sent out? This is the, the silver like aluminum. Well, it looks like a lot of things. But I guess the best way to describe it is if you took an old Vespa and <clears throat> left it alone on the set of some uh, sci-fi movie. Oh, shit. And then took it from the sci-fi movie. And then, yeah, very streamlined, very long yeah. floorboards. No, not Lombretta, though, because it's got... No, and then see, the very pointy that tail butt. Point, look that yeah, right, okay. Right there, so, like but the long short of it is, once again, get out it, your Googles. Yeah, to, to everyone, we're looking right. at photos. <laughs> the Vespa 946. So look it up, Vespa 946. It's out there. Uh, but anyway, it looks as though you took a Vespa scooter and dropped it off at the Airstream factory mm. yeah. for the silver finish, <laughs> because it's beautiful. And then Judy Jetson <clears> at home. Right, and then Judy Jetson at home. <laughs> anyway, the... Uh, Nice sound effect. Thank you. So you see that seat that's kind of cantilevered up in the air? Yeah. It's an impossible I don't, thing. I don't like that. Okay, so the uh, the evening before they unveiled this particular bike. Was that their, like, best of show, their big well, thing? Well, it was their hidden, nobody's allowed to know about this. Uh, so the evening before, at like 2 o'clock, 2.30 in the morning, we'd had a few. <laughs> and we were looking for things to do. And usually for me, that means opening doors. Sure. Gaining access. Yeah. So I gained access to the room where this particular bike was stored. And me and a couple of my friends spent some time checking it out. So the whole thing's made of fiberglass. I mean, it's just all, you know, it's not real. There's no metal on it. It's oh, all fiberglass. It's, uh, it's what I like to call. look behind the curtain. Oh, we looked behind the curtain. Actually, And upper skirt, so to speak. So we were behind the curtain and upper Man. skirt. Well, the problem is um, we sat on it two up. On that seat. Uh. And uh, that seat, <laughs> no, which is uh, <clears throat> fake. Who, me? Some people. <laughs> I'm not naming. You did a pile on. We, <laughs> <clears throat> we looked at the seat. The seat was very interesting looking, all jutting up in the air, all, you know, jaunty. So we decided we we're going to see if that jaunty up in the air seat could hold two it's people. It's kind of sport bikey. Yeah, it's just mm. interesting that they would tractory, choose to have though, that much. Yeah, tractory, long tractory. Look at the picture, nine forty-six. Sport bike tractor. In any or case, <laughs> that prototype, which I don't know how many of those prototypes there are. I'm hoping there's more than one because that one made a funny cracking noise when we sat on it. <laughs> and uh, I was going to ask. Yep. Uh huh. So that was Do the you name need of the to game. Ask? Yeah. Really. So there was much giggling. <laughs> um, so then the other product that they announced, which is kind of interesting. Is the because uh, we know about the Aprilia Tuano V4 that just came out, and that's pretty much the world's isn't most there, wicked naked sport bike ever. Isn't there like a huge Aprilia scooter coming out? Yeah, or like well, there is. Yeah, that's what you guys bring up. There is. Uh, I'm going to take a second and not talk about that because of less fanfare, but probably more importance. Piaggio gave up on their 250 motor platform. The 250 fuel injected motor, which they Why? were calling a quasar. Well, it's just been long in the tooth. It's been around a very long time. And that motor's been around for a while. They came out with a completely new motor. It's 350 cc's, 
So if you bought your Piaggio 300 last year, sorry, <laughs> because the 350 now has got a bizarre clutch that is basically a roller clutch. So there you have the variator rollers in the front, you have a roller clutch in the back, which gives you ridiculous lifespan. The clutch lasts a long time. The transmission as a whole lasts much, much longer because of this design. And anybody who's ridden a CVT-powered motorcycle or scooter knows that the you, you, you twist the throttle, things spool up, and then you go. Mm-hmm. That's the way CVTs work. So you nail the throttle, there's a delay, and then you go. Well, with this system, there is no delay. <clears throat> and it comes on like a house on fire. And this 350 is a 90-plus mile-per-hour scooter. But that's not the important part. The important part about this is that it gets just fantastically good mileage. So it's getting better mileage as a 350 than any of the 200s or 250s got. Hmm. And its performance is actually higher than that of the 500. So they're discontinuing the 500. The BV500, the Aprilia 500, they're gone. They're finished. Wow. They're not there anymore. The MP3500 is gone. It's not, you know, it's no longer part of the supply chain. The MP3400, gone. That's MP3 not a bad 250. Thing. Honestly, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I don't think it's a bad thing those bikes are gone. I think it was nice that they brought them out. They had their proof of concept, and I'm paying for that proof of concept every time I have to work on one. Right. So um, they are bikes that some people have them and love them and have no problems, and they're great. But for every one of those people, I can show you four people that have had loads of problems that they're really wishing they would have bought something else. The And, you know, I'm sorry if that bothers you by us saying it, but that's been our experience. Mm -hmm. The BV350 is extremely exciting to me because that bike is going to be fast. It's going to be priced at around the same price that Kimco is currently pricing their people 300 GTI. Hmm. So you're getting a 350 for 300 price. It's going to be right around 5200 bucks, 5300 bucks, which is a lot of money when you think about a lot of money for a scooter. <coughs> but this is a 90 plus mile per hour bike that's going to be getting around 70 miles per gallon. So this is some pretty impressive numbers for a scooter. Well, so, that's it's got touring <laughs> capabilities. It's too, a full on so. touring scooter. Yeah, it really is. And then the last thing, what everybody wanted to know about. Uh, and the BV, I'll just throw a quick picture for BV350 for anybody who hasn't seen it. It's pretty much along the normal yeah. lines of the Piaggio BV, or what they call in Europe, the Beverly. Uh, it's an upright riding position. It's a 16-inch wheel. It has really cool new uh, six-piston calipers. So instead of a disc brake on both sides, there's one one disc brake on the left-hand side with a six-piston caliper. They did a nice job with red, uh, red seat, red backrest. Really makes the bike look European. Very classy, not at all Chinesey. So it's a very good-looking bike. It's a little taller than the BV250 and the BV300, uh, but I think it's going to end up being a really decent uh, scooter for people that want a commuter. The bike that everybody went batshit for is the uh, Aprilia, and it's called the SRV850. We've gotten calls for months about that. Oh, this bike has been skunk works kind of thing. Nobody's been talking too loud about it. If you watch the European press, you'll see pictures about it. The bike that we sat on, I, there's no doubt in my mind that the bike that we sat on is a motorcycle scooter that has been ridden. I mean, this is a legitimate vehicle. It's not just vaporware. The premise is that they took the motor and transmission out of the Aprilia 850 Mana which is a full-size, full-powered sport bike, and stuffed it into the scooter. The uh, 
The scooter is just, I mean, it's 850 cc's. The interesting thing is a V-Twin 850, they're putting out uh, 76 horsepower Shit, out really? of a scooter. Yeah, 76 horsepower at 7,700 RPM. Uh, it's a 90-degree V-Twin. I mean, it's the same motor they have in the In Mana. a scooter. In a scooter. Uh, we're hearing all kinds of... It runs a 16-inch tire in the front, a 15 in the back. Um, it carries five gallons of gas. So it's going to have an imp- impressive range. Yeah. The... Uh, now, we have heard, it was mentioned at the dealer meeting, that this bike, in an unrestricted or ungoverned form, can do 141 miles per hour. What? Get out. That's exactly what I said. It's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. But we certainly know that a Mana, you know, a Mana 850, which is <coughs> what this bike's motor is. Right. Um, we know a Mana can certainly do well over 130 miles an hour. So... Uh, so we might be somewhere because we know that the scooter is going to have better aerodynamics than the motorcycle because it has a better opportunity to close the envelope behind itself. Do you think they would govern that somehow? They'll though? govern the shit out of it. I would be <coughs> I extremely would think so. impressed to see if this bike produced any more than 110 miles per hour. doesn't matter, though, because with 76 horsepower in a scooter, mm-hmm. this now becomes not only the most displacement you can buy in a motor scooter... Because the BMW 650 that's coming out, they're going to do a 600 Sport and a 650 Touring that's all based on that project they're doing with Kimco. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a 600 650. The Suzuki Bergen is 650. The Honda Silverwing is 600. So this being an 850 just goes to right to the front of the line because there are a certain number of people are going to buy based on there's no replacement for displacement. So True. Now, here's the bullet. This is where the thing just goes off the charts. Despite looking big and feeling big, this is a picture of Renee sitting on. And Renee pronounced it way easier to sit on than the BV350. So it looks, I, I it can looks tell just by seeing short. her on that, that. It's short. Yeah. It looks about the size of like a Grand Vista. I thought that it was about the size and, of a, a Kimco Downtown yeah. 300. To our yeah. listeners, Renee yeah. is a tiny sprite of she's a woman. She's a small person, yeah. She's not a human-sized human. So, <laughs> And if, if you look at her sitting on the bike, she's got... Feet. Her feet are on the ground on both sides. Yeah. Are you allowed to post these pictures on the blog? Yeah, these are totally fine. Okay. Yeah, I can totally post these on the yeah, blog. Yeah, you should post these on the, the blog uh, so when people listen to this, they right. can go to the blog. And they, they can go can. have a look at it. Because it is really, a, it's an interesting yeah. thing that an 850cc scooter is out there, right? Well, they said first quarter of 2013. Yeah. Which we have to apply Kentucky windage for manufacturers lying about product. 2014. 2014. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, in, is, in fact, everything that we've talked about that you saw at the Dealer Expo, if right. you post this on the blog, so yeah. everybody listening right now could go check it out. Sure. Yeah, we're going to toss those up right now. Yeah, that would, so that would be amazing. It is really an interesting thing, because when we talk about that, that is not just a super scooter. That is a mega scooter. That is ridiculous. I mean, 850 cc's out of a scooter. And remember that it's not going to have to shift when you give it the power. It's right now. Yeah. So an 850cc scooter that never has to shift, I'm going to say that from a, a 0 to 60 time, you're probably not going to want to go up and next, you know, you're not going to run a race this bike. If your motorcycle has a clutch and you have to pull it occasionally, you're probably not going to want to go against it. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the displacement, you know, 
for me, that doesn't really mean a whole lot. Sure. But the horsepower that that thing is making. 76 horsepower. Is amazing. It's ridiculous. I mean, that really is ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> I can't... I can't fathom, because I've ridden all the Bergmans. I've ridden the... Uh, the T-Max, which the Yamaha is really a brilliant motor scooter, but it's the same deal. It has the swinging arm like a motorcycle. It has a right. stationary motor. The swing arm moves just like a motorcycle, so you don't get a lot of that pendulum effect that you get on motor scooters where the entire motor is the swing arm. You know, you get that whole load of unsprung weight, basically, mm-hmm. and that makes, makes the bikes handle really poorly. Uh, so when you get into something like this where the Mana and the T-Max both have motors that have a separate swing arm, just like a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And that difference between a motor scooter motor and a motorcycle motor in the power delivery is going to make the thing handle totally differently. <clears throat> um, the Suzuki Bergman, to me, no matter how I've ridden it, it still feels like a pig. It's a couch. It's heavy. It's, it is a pig. It's not at all fun to ride aggressively. You always feel like you're just a little bit not in control. And yeah, I'd be really interested to feel because I think the T Max is a bike that I felt very much in control on. So well, when those totally have different. come in the shop and I've had to work on them and go test drive them, I'm yeah. always like, oh shit. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I got to go take a Barker lounge yeah, route. Yeah, Bergman and a, a Honda Silverwing <clears throat> are very, very porky bikes. They're very soft. They're much like riding a marshmallow. Yeah, <laughs> they don't respond well to corrections and inputs. Um, basically, you're along for the ride, and it's. You versus all the flex in the frame. It's you mm-hmm. versus all the twist in the suspension. It's you versus all this like very Cadillac style damping. And the, when Kimco came out with their XC series, it was so much sportier and so much more rigid and had so much less flex in it than any of those bikes. And Piaggio had their X9, and the X9 was actually really good. At, you could crank up an X9 and make it really stiff. And it would handle a lot better than any of those uh, Barker loungers. So, yeah. Well, really taking all thing. this, seeing that we usually talk about uh, vintage motorcycles, yes. and, and uh, we've currently just spent a bunch of time talking about modern scooters. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... I mean, how would... Taking this modern scooter techn- yeah. technology, you know, a lot of guys that ride around on vintage bikes, you know, we, right. love, we love the smells, the... Uh, you know the the just the rip of them and the the sound and the leaking oil. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, if we could only somehow transplant the unreliable yeah right nature and the inherent <laughs> flaws of our vintage machines into this brand new technology. See, I was just thinking about this yeah. actually that you said that I was thinking if somebody wants to scream out of out of the gate right and win win the race right however it wherever it may be and they would given the chance to go to the corner sure. store and buy the scooter right they could win that race but not, oh, yeah. but most people are i would think people that are looking at scooters right. are not who who is the niche market for this ultimately they've been selling bikes <clears throat> for every time we have somebody that says okay we're a vintage bike rider uh, we've noticed that a lot of people that are vintage motorcycle owners also own other bikes 
it's not their only bike. And <laughs> you mean they own a reliable bike, right? <laughs> <laughs> they they own the yeah. one that they can ride to work every yeah, day. Yeah, there's something that gets them to work every day, and then there's something else that they work on on the weekends to go. Hey, that's something that gets me on. to work every day is a 40 year old right. CB350. Exactly. So, but a lot of the people that are looking, and a lot of the people that I talk to every day that are looking for vintage motorcycles, also have something reliable already in the stable. And we like to say, you know, variety is the spice of life. And there's that logic about your ride to work every day could be completely reliable. It could be completely mindless. It could be, it just has to get you there, right? But then there's your dark side. Then there's that little bit of something strange that you want on the weekends. And that little bit of something strange you want on the weekend usually comes in the form of a 40-year-old motorcycle. Because for a lot of our guys that are out there that are married and have kids and everything else, there's something strange on the weekend. has to be a 40-year-old motorcycle because they're not allowed to have any other something strange on the weekend. So just... I don't know. I'm I'm married. I have a kid. Right. Um, I have a couple 40-year-old motorcycles. Right. I ride them. Um, yeah, no, I'm good. More motorcycles <laughs> equals less girlfriends. Okay, and that should be. I, I don't have any girlfriends. It's chicken and egg. <laughs> it's chicken and egg. <laughs> You're gonna Come say on. some more motorcycles <laughs> get you more girlfriends? No, I'm gonna oh. say that if you fill your life with motorcycles, perhaps you don't know how to get girlfriends. Oh, that's true too. Yeah, he, I think no he's offense. he's speaking yeah. from the married. Yeah, that's true. I'm, as as the like, like as a single lady, yeah, I'm yeah, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, oh, saying, so he's saying, saying from the, usually, the, the married guy. It's I'm become. Gonna, I'm gonna say if you love video games, right. What came first? That you love video games, or perhaps you don't have a lot going on on Saturday night? Good point. But I love video games, so I'm not right. passing judgment. I'm just saying. No, you're just saying. Yeah, now, we, we've had that porthole discussion way, <laughs> yeah, way too yeah, many times. Yeah. That's, you can out me on that. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> but I do think that there's a certain something to be said for. There's a guy that drives a minivan to work every day to work, you know, or takes the kids around. Shane? And, you know. Well, uh, Shane, right? uh, nice. So Shane, and, uh, right? But then he's got a little something strange for the weekend, right? And uh, and that's where I think it's interesting when we talk about guys that have more than one bike. I see a lot of guys that will have something that's very mundane, very much back and forth to work, and then the weekend bike will be something a little weird, you know, something a little heroic. God, it's a fantastic metaphor. Yeah. So that's what we do. Uh, you know, I'm, I would actually love to have the mundane bike, the 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 daily whatever yeah. I can do on it bike but I just that has to be just the bike I have so, yeah that's the bike you're working with so right I, it, I need, just need to make it work and get, yeah. it, get it to get me to work right. and home and occasionally it involves my Gerber tool but yeah, you know oh yeah, absolutely it, that, that's fine it's okay I can deal with that this is, the, this is the best metaphor conversation I've ever really been witness. If you just carry that, you over. just heard oh, tool, just right. and you're no, like, no, oh. like, this is what I've got. I just got to make it work. Right. <laughs> but on the weekend, <laughs> but on the weekend, I go wild. No, I, I, I have no wild weekend. I just yeah. have, no, no, I just, I just have that you. one thing. Not metaphor for yeah. you. That's but. when you'll catch me at kilt lifters. Yeah. What was the name of that bar? Twisted kilt. The, what are you talking about? The lifted kilt. The kilt. Twi- it wasn't the Twisted Kilt. I don't know. There's a place called the Twisted Kilt. Is I don't know. I wasn't I at either of these bars, kilt. so... It wasn't the Twisted Kilt. <laughs> Is that what I said? Oh, Yeah, you know. said the Twisted Kilt. I don't know. It's and the I was same like, thing. that's not good. I'm it's stealing the, the goose. Do it. Take Woo. the goose. Chicago, Chicago sends its love. Oh. In the form of beer. Thank you, Chicago! And, and me. <laughs> so why don't uh, So why don't people own motorcycles the way they own cars? 
purely based on utility. Purely based on what does the vehicle do. If you well, had to some put, people if you had to don't put money into though. your car right. every two months because something has broken, you would some not people keep do. that car. Kevin yeah, has all these antique cars, people. right? And well, some people have brand new cars and they shove a ton of money they into them. They dump a ton of money into them. Just, to, right. just to put yeah. Ricky Racer Go Fast parts on yeah. them, like, yeah. I'm going to get my cold air in. It's not take it's broken. It's because they want it to They're look tweaking. a certain way. It's, it's, a, it's a different way of appropriating your, I don't want to say skills, because that would be too kind, but uh, <laughs> money <clears throat> into something. And it's happening in motorcycles. Uh, It's always happening in motorcycles, but it's happening a lot more in vintage motorcycles right now. I mean, I see a lot of guys... Because there's more available, too. I know, and I see a lot of guys popping on forums right now going like, Hey, just bought this CB350. It's cool. The engine kicks over. What's the best way for me to get this on the road and just make it fast and cool and look like a cafe racer and blah, 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 blah. You know, and... So did you say CB350 and fast in the same sentence? Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> <Aww>. Hey, <laughs> I have a fast CB350. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not as fast as my bone stock CB400. Uh, I was going to say, it's, it's only fast compared to certain other CB350s. I'm teasing. And like, I'll tell you what, like to compared to a CB200, I'll fucking kill him. <laughs> And that CB125S better never yeah. show its face around me again. <laughs> the CB175, <laughs> fuck him. Screw him. Done. And his rarity. <coughs> and his completely strange yeah. one-offedness. Yeah. <laughs> the, that's, I think, the yeah, fun thing. Yeah, there wasn't. Two years on that bike? It's a weird little bike. Yeah, weird yeah, I like one. I like yeah. two-year bikes. But that's been the funny thing. Is we keep talking about more and more technology, more and more high-tech stuff coming in. Looking at these bikes, they're amazing what they can do. The fact that they can squeeze... It's become completely normal now to get 100 horsepowers out of a liter, right? Mm-hmm. 100 horsepower per liter. That means for every 1,000 cc's that you've got, you'd better be getting 100 horsepowers out of it. Otherwise, we don't even want to talk to you. And so the scooter comes out with an 850 cc motor and 76 horsepowers. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, a scooter that's damn near near 100 horsepower. That's just, my brain doesn't want to accept that. Now, I guess, peeling that back, what is the technology under the hood of that scooter that you're going to have to deal with if you sell that? Well, I have a a very expensive computer Mm -hmm. that when I plug it into that device... Okay. Okay. We have a new computer, actually, that we can plug into So we're not we're not fixing that with, like, a 10-millimeter, an 8-millimeter, and a screwdriver. That'll come later. Okay. What we're doing is when you come into the shop and you go, Hey, my scooter, she's not a run right. She does not a run I don't know what she does. She makes a little put-put sound occasionally. I don't know what it is. I take this device I have, and I hook it up to your ECU, your wiring loom, and I leave it under the seat of your scooter. I just leave it there. genius. I leave it there for a week, and you take your scooter home. And you go mm. fuck off and do the normal things you do. and Because you know the problem with phantom problems is the yeah, phantom right. is only there when they're driving it. Exactly. Because every time I drive it, it seems to be fine. And the guy <coughs> brings the bike back three times for something I can't diagnose because I tend to drive it my way, not their way. Usually because it, it's fine. Right. Well, it just needs a certain kind of love. It needs more stick and less carrot. <laughs> we all need so, a certain kind of love. That's right. And... In my kind of love involves wringing your neck. <laughs> That's it. So the uh, riding you hard. hard. <laughs> so you put this device under the seat and you let them go out ride it, and they bring the bike back in. You hook it up to your computer, and it tells you. It gives you a timeline. 
You know, like if you ever used the Media 100 system or anything, yeah, it that, gives that's you creepy. a timeline of what they did, where they went, the whole deal. And but the great the great thing is, is they can say, you know, oh, when I brought my scooter back to you last week, it did this thing occasionally. And Do you deal with Russians? A lot? No, I was dealing with a bad <laughs> Italian accent that I had oh, to okay. listen to at the Piaggio dealer meeting all week. But it's a little Vlad. <laughs> it's a little Vlad. It's, it's a right. little bit Vlad. Uh, okay, well, I'm sorry, I didn't have my bat wings. We will on, have so. the heroin for you next week. Next week, okay. you have the AK-47. No, you have the AK-47. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, uh, yeah. But they come. They bring the device back to you. You plug it in, and then you can actually see where it stumbled, and you can identify what the problems were when they actually happened, in mm. a timeline. See, that's genius. It's pretty smart. Could you see it like embarrassingly though? Like, oh, I see you. Uh, your scooter wasn't starting right at the porn shop. <laughs> well, I was hoping there'd be a GPS correlation. Yeah. So we could have a GPS correlation, and the training video they show is a uh, an incredibly hot chick coming in wearing completely wrong riding gear, right? But she is wearing a helmet. <coughs> and she's riding an MP3. And she pulls into the Piaggio the Piaggio Assistencia point and comes in and says, oh, my buddy. You know, and it's all, you know, it's all done with no language because they have to sell this video all over the planet. Right. So there's no words. Yeah, exactly. Her tits were jumping yeah. up out of her shirt. <laughs> That's far-fetched. It was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It low, happens low, all the time right. in low POC. Cut, cut Come on. Balls. Sure. Big, big titted ladies. She wasn't big, but they were kind of up on a shelf. Well, they duh. come right. into Pride yeah. of Cleveland all yeah. the time. They were definitely... I know, and I'm like, get them off my desk. Let's just say the oranges were on display. So they, uh, so she came in, and she said, oh. And the guy said, oh, that's okay. I'll take care of you. And the funny thing was, she was wearing like short shorts... Sounds like Stiletto a heels, a, a push-up thing. I don't know what you'd call this he fixes device. The yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> right. totally sounds like a porno. <laughs> right, strapless, shoulderless, whatever thing. But meanwhile, he and the rest of the associates are wearing complete Piaggio jumpsuits. Okay. This They're is one wearing, man's fantasy. Yes, they are all wearing <laughs> complete God. speed suits. And the funny thing is, I'm like... These guys who are teching the bike, she's riding the bike. They're teching the bike. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Was she showering in the background uh, while they were working I don't know on what, the bike? I don't know. But did the, her girlfriend come from around the corner? Yeah, uh, right. Her? Right. They both changed the oil simultaneously. Porno soundtrack and, and they just. And she takes off, rides the bike away for a week, comes back, and then he analyzes her printout and discovers. Oh, Betty does. He analyzes the hell out of her printout. <laughs> And that sound you just heard was uh, solidarity. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the, that was almost a jinx coat. It was terribly a jinx coat. <laughs> and, but he's able to tell her what her problem was. And it turns out the whole, the real problem was that she needed a different man. That's not her That's problem. That's what the computer said. <laughs> the computer said, ditch Amazing. the zero and get with the hero. <laughs> See this jumpsuit? <laughs> Do you want to know what's under it? Yeah. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's... Uh, That's fun. Isn't that great? Piaggio has a new line of helmets out, too, because their last line of helmets... <laughs> yes, exactly. Come their here. last line of helmets was... You don't four. want to protect your face <laughs> at all. Can you please put that on the block? Yes. The last line, their last line of helmets was $400 per helmet for an open face helmet piece of shit it was crazy i mean it was just and it didn't fit anybody right Wait, did they have the hairline and it looked the hairline like, appropriate helmet have you seen that no yes okay Piaggio oh. put out and maybe this was a prototype but they did have an ad where in the say upper right quadrant of the three-quarter helmet was a slight um 
how can I say, like inverted widow's peak? Did they cut a slot in the foam of their helmet to accommodate your hairstyles? I don't. This is at least in the in the initial plastic that frames the helmet itself. So it did this to create the corner of a sort of more like so wait a second view of the face as you're biting the curb. Okay, I'm sorry. So from a distance. My helmet now looks like a dew. No, no, no. It's clearly a helmet. I mean, it's a, it's a white. You then know, why do they have a side part in a helmet? To be more flattering, because you have to look beautiful while you are cruising along on your. So they put a side part in a LX helmet. LX one fifty. Sorry, side I look beautiful all the time. Bingo. On my motorcycle. They put a side you're on a part in a helmet, and you don't care. That's right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this might have been a prototype, but somebody did email me the photo, and they they said, "Hey, get a load of this." This is Camaro of the and highest I got order. Upset. It no, is. it was aimed towards ladies, so it's not Camaro, really. It's more just insulting, which brings us to, to our, your future, point, our future topics. By the way, not yet. I'm not, not yet. Prepared. You're not prepared. My homework yet. is only a little bit done. So Penny has been trying to get her head around women's motorcycle gear. Contradiction in terms, we shall discuss. Perhaps. Mm. Ah. Because we've heard from a number of ladies that motorcycle it's, apparel it's, so is So far, this stuff, is, this stuff is built to be on the back of a motorcycle. So are we setting this up for a future well, episode you're going to do? I've been given yeah. an assignment. She's been tasked. <coughs> okay, good. Yeah. And I've, I've done her. a little, I did a little footwork today. Yes. At the shop and then also yeah. on the on the internet. Nothing like waiting until the last minute. That's right. cool. Well, That's no, good. you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, actually, I think this assignment was given to me yesterday. It's been, <laughs> so to, right, exactly. We've been right. a little busy, right. Dustin, at the Sorry. shop. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm finding some, uh, I'm finding some legitimate beefs. Right. To my to my opinions, along yeah. with other females. Well, you went to the Indie Dealer Expo and you saw everything that could be offered mm-hmm. from all of the dirt worshipping com- countries. Uh, I can I can give you this very basic one sentence hypothesis. Mm-hmm. If you want to be protected and not look, hmm, scratch that. If you <laughs> if you want to. I'm not going to edit that. So. <laughs> Don't. So you know. My brain is ticking as we're as I'm talking here. If you want to be protected and choose to not want uh, wear pink, purple, orchids, stars, sparkles, swirls, or a jacket that rides pretty much up to the middle of the back to show off the lower tramp part tramp of the stamp. back just so right. you are going to have to pay through the nose to companies that actually put a uh, thought design and consideration into the fact that women are not only on the backs of bikes but are actually riding them hmm. yeah I, I think somebody you should talk to and um, I'm friends with them on Facebook uh, I, I believe in oh man I'm, I'm sorry if I get this wrong it's Moto Girls Go go girl, Moto, Moto girls. Moto girl, yeah. Uh, Adriana, Aaron, mm-hmm. Adri- yeah. That she's yeah. she's part of them. Okay. It's women that ride sport bikes. Yep. And mm-hmm. and actually do real riding. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not passengers. They're uh, aggressive actual mm-hmm. riders. They do race days and all that. <clears throat> you know, you you might want to look them up because they may have some information for you for good gear. That's true. Because they are actually hardcore women riders and, you know, not passengers. Yes. So. There is there is something going on. There's a disconnect between the uh, the designers who design very thoughtfully and carefully for men right. do not 
take the same approach for women. And it's not to say that, you know, it, that's by choice. I right. think it's just by misinformation. Okay. And I think a lot of it, too, is by the supposed uh, projected market. Right. You know, There's yeah, definitely I, that. I, I, I think when uh, designers think of motorcycle rider, they think right. man. Right. Yeah, I and think that's enough. the biggest part of it. I went to, uh, to Alpine Star's website tonight, actually, mm-hmm. before I left to come here. And... Um, <laughs> It's, it has on the on the left-hand side the navigation of all the things you want to look at of their right. products. And when you click on women, right. women's gear, it takes you to a different website that... Or actually, I take that back. And in the, in the initially, it has, like, riding gear. Sure. And there are five images, mm-hmm. like a, a, motor, a motorbike going over a rock and a motorcycle outside of a mountain and all these things. And then a guy with like long wavy hair and no helmet or anything, but he's wearing an <laughs> Alpine Stars jacket. Mm-hmm. And then in the in the far corner is a girl with flowing hair in a in a flowered frock. Okay. In the meadow. Has nothing to do with the topic of the of the website. Clothing so, for men who ride motorcycles and the women who fuck it. Pretty much. Yeah. So I clicked on the woman yeah. and then was taken to a website where you could select either two and neither of them were riding gear. Really? Neither of them. They were just apparel. They were clothes. They were apparel. Right. So it wasn't riding gear so, at all. It was apparel. Precisely. So when you clicked on the only woman identified on the website, yes, yes. it did not take you to women's riding gear. No. It took you to apparel. It took, us, it took me to a women's clothing shop. I got to tell you. When so Renee, like tank tops and... Yeah, dresses, yeah. shirts, what have you. And when uh, Renee and I were at the dealer expo, right. we went to Alpine Stars yeah. to talk to them about jackets and, and gear. Mm-hmm. And they said that they had a bunch of new new uh, styles and new additions of things sure no women's apparel and in fact wow. they have taken the women's apparel out because of we used their to have some alpine star yes, stuff at our shop we it was there. actually pretty good that's why we went the uh, that a lot of ladies liked because it was conservative it mm-hmm. wasn't over the top you know betty boopy kind of like pink yeah. stardust mm-hmm. swirls thing uh, but i i maybe it's Maybe I don't understand women's apparel because you got to understand I own a store. And unfortunately, a lot of the people that own dealerships tend to be men. Uh, I know a few women who own dealerships and manage them. You are married to a woman. I, yes. That rides a motorcycle. That rides a motorcycle there and has go. gear that she actually likes. Mm-hmm. So, And she has gear that now <coughs> is older. She has a Joe Rocket Clio jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Phoenix women's Phoenix, actually. But it was from back in the day when you could just get a solid color. It was just all white. It didn't yeah. have any flowers. didn't have any skulls. That does not exist. It was just an all-white <laughs> jacket. For a perf jacket, a white perf jacket is what you want. And it looked clean and good. And it yeah. fits her really nice. So. And you know who has that? That In my limited... Mm-hmm. Uh, exposure at this point in my research. Mm-hmm. Revit. Yeah, Revit has just an all-white jacket. Revit has... Solid colors. Revit has the the most um, well-cut and flattering, but yet full protection, mm-hmm. excellent fit, excellent craftsmanship, but their price point is exorbitant. It's ast- yeah, it's astronomical. And I that's have a, unfortunate. I actually have I a question about women's gear. I think that's the problem. Because I am completely... The whole women's thing. Okay, so there's women's jackets, like women's riding jackets. Men's jackets come in. You know, you can get a small, medium, large, extra large, double extra large, triple extra large, two cows, whatever. The women's jackets, how do they... How do they size them out? Do they have, like, the six-size run that they, men do? They do. They do the extra small through the extra large. Okay. Um, I think it was Joe Rocket that invented the Diva line that okay. was for, like, your bigger girl. It's for your huskier girl. They're, 
You're full figured, gal. Let's <laughs> say it like that. Diva line. <laughs> and you know what? Props to them because somebody in their marketing team. The Missy decided, Elliott line. Somebody decided that it was a little cruel to say triple XL or whatever you want to say. But the fact yeah. is, this is what it comes down to. You don't have to be a a larger size around right. the middle. It's the bust. It's the bust oh. line they can't get right because the, all they do is take a men's yeah. design right. and and widen it at the shoulders okay. or lengthen the arms maybe, but right. they don't account for the bust line. Huh, interesting. So if they don't account for the bust line or they do and they make the bust line a certain inch you know, circumference. Right. They haven't taken in the waist. They basically aren't wow. designing for women. They're just designing for misshapen men. Revit came up with the most confusing sizing thing. We have at the shop. We have some Revit jackets at the shop. And they go, <coughs> they go large. They go extra large. Mm. And then they go XYL. And then they go XZL. Hmm. So they don't do double extra large. And they don't yeah. do triple extra large. And because they're European sizes, they tend to run really small. Because that would so, be like saying, like, you're fat. Well, exactly. <laughs> right. So in every other jacket in the world, I'm pretty much a large long. I have long ape arms, and I'm a large person. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm a medium long. Right. So I'm, I'm a large long. But in the world of Revit, or in the world of a lot of other European things, I tend to be a double extra large, sometimes a triple extra large, in European or German-built stuff. Well, it's because they're not fat over there like we are in America. Yeah. Well, in Revit, I'm an XYL, which is the most confusing size in the world. It's like 10 years late, XYL. Mark Twain, we're going to Cincinnati. Yeah, we're going to XYL. But that's been, I kind of think with the sizing that we've seen, I think that's what scares a lot of people off gear. So... If you guys have any suggestions about riding gear that works for you, especially if it's ladies riding gear that works for you, or if you've got a jacket or something that you absolutely love and you trust, go ahead and hit us, send us an email. Uh, absolutely. I, I know we have a large uh, male listener base. Sure, absolutely. And, I mean, if you have, I mean, a woman you ride with right. or a woman, woman that rides beside you on mm-hmm. her own bike, whatever, if if they have any... If they have... Right. If they have specifically Anything. armored... Uh, armor. Yeah. Uh, women's armor is tricky. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So Just, if there's armor, suggestions. Hit us up on that so, you know, we know where to look and know where to suggest... Right, I think that it'd be. I think it would do a great service to everybody if we could get some more gear. Because I know there's no shortage. I've got seven or eight jackets. I've got plenty of riding gear. But when it comes to the ladies, I think there's. I think they're all coming up short. Yeah, true. All right. So once again, that was another uh, astounding episode of the Cleveland Moto Podcast. I'd like to thank Penny and Dustin for uh, hanging out in the garage with us here tonight. Hey, I live here, man. <laughs> once again, if you guys have any suggestions or recommendations for the podcast, go ahead and drop us a line and let us know. Remember, we are at uh, Cleveland Moto at blogspot.com. Or you could find it at Cleveland Moto. Oh, that's right. ClevelandMoto.com mm-hmm. is our main website, so you yep. can go there and check us out. And you can take a look at some of the vintage motorcycles we have for sale on that website as well. Excellent. All right, heck, have a great night. Thank you for listening to Cleveland Moto. If you have comments or topic suggestions, you can leave them at our blog at www.clevelandmoto.blogspot.com or visit our website at www.clevelandmoto.com.